98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. There's a warning that the space for free expression in the SAR is further shrinking, with films to be censored on national security grounds. Two activists are arrested on suspicion of encouraging unlawful assembly ahead of a sensitive protest anniversary tomorrow. And the Security Bureau hits back as a top US diplomat criticises what he calls anti-foreigner propaganda. Film censors have been ordered to ban any movies deemed to be supporting or glorifying acts that may endanger national security. The government has gazetted changes to the film censorship ordinance to implement the change with immediate effect. But that's raising fresh concern about freedom of expression here in Hong Kong. Christoph van den Troost is an assistant professor at the Chinese University's Centre for China Studies and a researcher on East Asian films. He says under the new guidelines, the 2019 social unrest is taboo. There's uh, clearly some topics now uh, that are uh, off limits, um, especially where it comes to the, the depiction of uh, the protests in Hong Kong. I think that's a, a very clear uh, point that comes out of the new guidelines. Um, and there was just news, actually, of a, of a first film that has been uh, not been given permission to screen uh, at the, the Fresh Wave uh, Film Festival uh, here in Hong Kong, a short film which directly deals with uh, a story related to the protests in 2019. The lawmaker representing the film industry, Marvin Kwok, said he supports the changes because the trade has a responsibility to safeguard national security. But he says filmmakers are concerned about how the standards will be enforced, adding that there will be a huge impact on production and investment if a film is found to be problematic. He says officials should clearly explain how the sector can avoid crossing the line. What do moviegoers think? Some of them told RGHK that they're worried that their favourite films will be prohibited. I feel like they will ban most of the movies, which I like, which is very depressing. I like Black Panther, I like The Avengers, Alex um, Frozen. I don't really know where the line is. I'm not surprised that the Hong Kong government does this. People will, of course, have fewer movie choices. But I think it's more worrying that the government may block other channels where people receive information, such as news outlets. Will they ban us from watching Netflix or access some overseas websites? All these things could happen, and I think the government is testing our bottom line. Police say they've arrested a 20-year-old man and a 19-year-old woman on suspicion of posting on social media, encouraging people to join an unauthorised assembly tomorrow. It comes as police prepared to deploy large numbers of officers to prevent any gatherings to mark the second anniversary of protesters laying siege to LegCo to oppose an extradition bill. Earlier, localist group Student Politicism said its convener Wang Yat-Chin and spokeswoman Alice Wong had been arrested. The group had planned a street booth tomorrow night. Here's Superintendent Tom Shun. We find that this post soliciting people to come out to join an unauthorised assembly was posted in the beginning of June. And then, from other posts, we also found that no matter when the post was being made, it's relating to uh, using the violence in any protests or any assembly. The top US diplomat in Hong Kong has warned that a government crackdown on foreign forces is casting a pall over the city. The Security Bureau has dismissed his comments as Damon Pang reports. In remarks carried by the Reuters news agency, Consul General Hans Smith said it was appalling that routine diplomatic activities such as meeting local activists have been vilified. 
Mr. Smith said people did not know where the red lines are under Article 29 of the National Security Law, which forbids collusion with foreign countries or external elements. In response to Reuters, the Security Bureau said that normal interactions and activities were protected. It blamed external elements for interfering in the SAR during the 2019 protests. However, Mr. Smith said the atmosphere was bad, not just for fundamental freedoms, but for business. He said what he called propaganda language criticizing foreigners was at odds with the SAR's goal of being a global hub. Reuters said other diplomats had also expressed concern about the use of meetings with diplomats to justify refusing bail to a pro-democracy politician facing national security charges. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Turning now to COVID-19. A secondary school principal has questioned the government's plan to allow schools to resume full-day classes if at least 70% of teachers and pupils are vaccinated against the coronavirus. He's worried pupils could still be at risk out in the community. Francis Sitt has a story. The school children allowed to get COVID-19 shots from this coming Monday. Officials said social distancing restrictions could be relaxed at schools with a higher inoculation rate. But on an RTHK radio show, Tai Tuk Ching, who chairs the Wan Chai District Headmasters Conference, noted that schools are currently holding only half-day classes on campus because of the infection risk of students eating lunch together. Schools aren't isolated. The campuses may be safe and there may not be any problems even if people remove their masks and play ball games or do other activities. But once you have full-day classes, you have to handle the issue of students heading out for lunch. I think more consideration should be given to the outbreak situation in society, and the amount of vaccinated people in schools shouldn't be the sole focus. Vaccination rate in schools can be an indicator, but it shouldn't be the only one, he said. The government is offering to lay on transport to take students from schools to vaccination centres, or if more than 300 students and teachers in the school sign up for the shots, for medical staff to be sent there to give jabs on campus. But Mr Tai, who's the principal of the Shenkong Hui Tangshu Kin Secondary School, said it would be difficult for schools to reach the 300-person threshold to qualify for outreach vaccination teams. He said he believes vaccination at schools would be beneficial, however, as students may feel less nervous in an environment they are familiar with. Speaking on the same program, a government advisor on the use of COVID-19 vaccines suggested that schools offer students up to three days holiday if they get a COVID jab. Professor Lau Yulong from the University of Hong Kong said fascinated pupils should avoid joining sporting activities for a week. The pediatrics expert said there is a rare possibility that teenagers, especially boys, could develop a mild heart inflammation within four days of the second dose of vaccine. Lawmakers have complained to the Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, about the low inoculation rate among medical workers, saying their reluctance to get vaccinated is enraging. Legislators also described the need for them to undergo regular tests instead as a waste of public money. Wang Yinting reports. Health officials say more than 60% of doctors working in public hospitals had been vaccinated, while just over a third of all medical workers had been inoculated. The DAB's Elizabeth Quartz says she's worried that the low vaccination rate is contributing to the general public's reluctance to get the shots. And she says it's ironic that these people were administering vaccines when they hadn't got the jabs themselves. 
She spoke through an interpreter. It is ironic you are asking people to do their civic duty and the HA staff are not doing that themselves. The government is saying that vaccination is beneficial for Hong Kong as a whole, but the HA staff are not doing that. It is enraging. And also it hampers the confidence of the public as well. Health Secretary Sophia Chen says authorities are liaising with the HA to see what can be done to boost the vaccination rate among staff. At the moment, frontline staff who haven't been vaccinated need to take a coronavirus test each week. But another DAB lawmaker, Leung Shi Cheng, says this is a waste of public money when vaccines are readily available. He spoke through an interpreter. For vaccination, it is one-off. For testing, it is every week. So with the test, it is safer. However, it is a waste of the government's money. If the health condition allows, why doesn't one get vaccinated? The health minister also says that $2.3 billion is needed to extend the operation of community testing centres into September. She says people who can't be vaccinated for health reasons and target groups like construction site workers will still be able to get free tests before the end of this month. The Court of Appeal has upheld a lower court's ruling that the co-location arrangement at the West Kowloon Express Rail Terminus is constitutional, dismissing an appeal from former lawmakers and activists. Damon Pang reports. Disqualified legislators Leung Kwok Hong and Six Sus Leung and activists Hendrik Loy and Kwok Chakin had lodged the appeal after they lost their initial judicial challenge in 2018. They'd argue that the arrangement, which houses mainland customs clearance facilities and offices in the West Kowloon facility, violates the basic law, because it states that mainland laws cannot be applied on Hong Kong soil unless they are included in Annex 3 of the mini-constitution. But the appeal court said the National Legislature, the National People's Congress Standing Committee, had passed a decision approving the border arrangement and ruling that it conforms to the basic law. The court said the decision is an important and weighty interpretative factor in the overall constitutional context. We give full weight to the NPCSC decision, confirming that the express rail ordinance, including the deeming provision, conforms to the basic law, the three-judge panel wrote in that judgment. The biggest global vaccine alliance has warned that coronavirus jabs promised to the world's poorest countries will not be enough to end the pandemic and could arrive too late to stop the spread of COVID variants. The COVAX group urged G7 leaders, meeting at a summit in Britain, to offer more than the billion doses that they're expected to pledge. The World Health Organization has echoed the calls. Its special envoy on COVID-19, Dr David Navarro, said that those attending the summit needed to show leadership over the pandemic. Please stop presenting the present moment as one where rich countries are offering vaccines as charity. It's not charity. It is self-interest that needs to be coming to the fore. The rich world, indeed the whole world, can only recover if the pandemic is dealt with everywhere. The Tokyo Olympics chief has appealed to G7 leaders to offer their backing to the Games. The Olympics are scheduled to start on the 23rd of July after a year's delay because of the pandemic and a rising number of Japanese people would like them postponed again. But Seiko Hashimoto, president of the Japan Organising Committee, said that additional precautions were being taken to curtail the spread of COVID infections. 
As the organizing committee, we will be very grateful if we receive the support of the G7 for the games to go ahead. Sport continues and football fans can stay up late tonight to cheer for Hong Kong. The men's team resumed their World Cup qualifying campaign with a match against group leaders Iraq in Bahrain. They kick off at half past midnight Hong Kong time. While progression is out of reach, Hong Kong have their sights on a strong fourth place finish to help them get to the 2023 Asian Cup. With a preview, our football commentator Chris K. L. Lau. Hong Kong coach Mixu Patalainen and his players now face there are team who are unbeaten in 18 games and have conceded only three goals in the last six games. And to make things a bit tougher, Iraq's top defender, Saad Natik, is also back from suspension. If Hong Kong simply sit back with everyone behind the ball, then Iraq will eventually find a way through. I expect Hong Kong to again be defensive-minded and try and break forward. So expect a 4-4-2 or a 4-5-1. This means that whoever is the lead striker for Hong Kong will most likely be isolated up front. For example, Matt Orr in the last game against Iran was sometimes taking on six defenders by himself. Lastly, Iraq's attacking threat comes in the form of Ayman Hussein, the highest scorer in the Iraqi league, and Bashar Rassan Bayan, who also plays for the club Qatar SC. And just after that, the delayed Euro 2020 tournament kicks off. Here's the BBC's Maz Faruqi. And our base for you for the next couple of weeks for this men's European Championship is Budapest, one of 11 host cities across 11 nations in this delayed tournament, rescheduled for 2021 because of the global pandemic. It's been a long wait then, but Hungary, who hoped to play here in front of a capacity crowd at the Pushkas Arena on Tuesday, find themselves in a really tough group alongside Germany, world champions France, and the holders of this title, the men's Euros winners from 2016, Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal. Teams are preparing for their opening group games in strict bio-bubble secure environments as we've become accustomed to seeing in sport over the last 12 months or so. But we've already seen positive COVID cases disrupt some teams' build-up, notably the 2012 champion Spain. Captain Sergio Busquets and Diego Llorente both returned positive tests and the whole 24-man squad had to self-isolate in the build-up, meaning a warm-up game they were due to players' preparation had to be cancelled. Plenty of sides then will fancy their chances in a tournament that does throw up some surprises. Remember what Iceland did to England back in 2016. A reminder of our top stories. There's a warning that the space for free expression is further shrinking with films to be censored on national security grounds. Two activists are arrested on suspicion of encouraging unlawful assembly. And the Security Bureau hits back at the top US diplomat. The news... From RTHK. Very well timed as well. 15 minutes to the second. And thanks very much indeed. That was, of course, uh, Steve Donthorne. He'll be back with us with an update at uh, midnight tonight. So if you're going to be around till 1 a.m., we've got quite a lot for you tonight. An interesting side of 11 o'clock. We've got some big band for you coming up. So we've got on the list tonight, Artie Shaw, Liza Minnelli's coming up later, as is Frank Sinatra, Harry James, Count Basie's orchestra, and Johnny Hartman, plus Nat King Cole. Then we move on to Marty Robbins a little later, The Bachelors, Johnny Ray, and Judy Jim, to name but a few.
entertaining Hong Kong since 